0: So I'm here with Rio Wantanabe. and uh, how are you?
1: I'm I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on your new um, podcast. Really happy to be here.
0: Well, cool. Well, thanks for joining me. And um, I can say I've been a uh, uh, watching your channel for quite a while now, and um, you do some great work. I, I love all the shop tours and everything and look forward to discussing your many uh, Japanese shop tour adventures here today on the podcast.
1: Thank you. I'm, I've am i also been such a huge fan of your work. Um, I've been following you, your Instagram for many years, I think. Well, I don't know if it's years, but quite a while. And I've always loved your like hardscape focused designs. The hardscape is just amazing. I I get jealous sometimes wanting all that material. I actually wanted to reach out to you um, because I think we just have kind of like similar ideas. What I want to do with my kind of fish room is create uh, not, not exactly the same but kind of similar look that you have in your gallery with all the hardscape and beautiful display aquariums. So... I really like what you're doing.
0: Well, thank you so much. And uh yeah, it sounds like what you're onto is uh kind of a home studio or a home gallery vibe, which is yeah. uh, something I've I talked know. about a lot uh on the podcast and with previous guests. Uh so I think it's kind of a growing trend. I see a lot more of that on social media and stuff and um and just a you know, just a cool way to Enjoy lots of different layouts in your own space. So your your primary content creation is uh, these fantastic store tours around Japan. I mean, that's you do other things too, but that that seems to be the emphasis uh, of your channel, right?
1: Yeah, that seems to be that. Those videos seem to be the ones that do the best on my right. channel.
0: Right, right. So. You know, I used to say that I don't uh, like asking people about, you know, just give me your background as the intro uh, to a podcast. But I've discovered that I ask everybody, (laughs) end up asking them anyway, what their background is. So um, just briefly, um, what is your history with aquarium keeping and kind of getting into aquascaping and what kind of led you to the content creation you're doing now?
1: Um, okay, so when I was, uh, why, we've, we've always had fish in the family, um, since I was young, since maybe I was six or seven. I, we, we found a fish tank. We were living in an apartment or condo in Singapore. And we found a, uh, fish tank that was thrown away at the garbage area and, It didn't have any leaks or anything. It did have a small chip in the glass, but it was a two-foot tank. And so we brought that back and we just kept, uh, simple fish like platys and, uh, swordtails. Yeah, maybe had like one or two angelfish. And I've always just been fascinated with like living things. I used to even go out and grab snails and would feed them in little containers. And once they got too big, I'd like release them back. Um, and even geckos and catch geck yeah. Okay, well, we don't need to get into, yeah. like, non-fish stuff, but... Sure. Well, uh, yeah, so we've had that tank for quite a few years, I think. Up to my teenage years, we had that tank, and then we took it down because maintenance was just too troublesome, and the way we maintained tanks, we'd, like, take everything out of the tank, like, what um, real beginners or people without experience would do. They, you take out all the gravel and wash everything, you know, take all the water right. out, all the fish out. And then once you put the clean water back in, then you put the fish back in with all the ornaments and stuff. So that's how we <laughs> kept fish for quite a while. Um, and then, yeah, that, that got kind of, um, for us, we didn't want to, well, I didn't want to do maintenance at that time, and my mom didn't want to do it too. So we stopped keeping the fish tank. Uh, we had, we kept the tank, but we just stopped keeping fish. Um, and then a few years later, I think I was in high school. My science teacher had a four foot African cichlid tank in the classroom. And that, that just, it just kind of blew my mind because it was such a cool looking skate. And you just see colorful African cichlids swimming around. And then if you look close enough, you'd see babies swimming in and out of all the rocks. And I just thought that was so fascinating that the babies were living together with the parents. So um, after a while of looking at my science teacher's tank, I decided to get that two-foot tank back up and running. And I went to my local fish store, bought some African cichlids, and yeah... That's where it kind of began again for me, and then once I had that little African cichlid tank, I decided to get another tank, do some goldfish and, uh, other fish, and then just start building up from there to the point where I fell in love with plants, aquatic plants. Um, I gave back all my African cichlids and then, yeah, just started keeping plants. <laughs> Very cool. There were, there were some other fish along the way, like angelfish. Yeah, but I think the uh, haunted aquarium side just um, intrigued me more. Sure. And I still sure. love African cichlids. I have a tank that I'm working on in the fish room.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah, so you were definitely, you know, an aquarium lover, as I like to say, you know, not just an aquascaper, Um and you yeah, came to it by I, way I of them. yeah, just keeping aquariums. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So uh, about the t- when you first got into it, I don't, I don't have a great sense of how old you are, but I'm I'm guessing that by the time you started going yeah. to aquarium stores, <laughs> that there was um, aquascaping was around. I mean, it was it was already happening, and it was something you would would it, something you would see when you would go into stores, even though you were shopping for African cichlids.
1: Yes, um, well, it was around, but uh, at, in at my local store, it wasn't that big. Maybe there was one small display tank. um, but with most, I'd say I was living in Singapore back then, but most local fish stores okay. there, I'd say are more um fish focused. Ah, uh, you sure. see more tropical fish, like see flower horns. You'd even see like, Specialist fish stores that only sell flower horns or Asian arowanas. My fish store was, my local fish store was a good mix, I'd say. You'd have African cichlids, goldfish, tropical fish, um, arowanas as well. So they have a good balance, and then you'd have like one nice display tank.
0: Okay. Uh, so this was it, prior to uh, moving to Japan? Yes. Okay. So where where in the journey did you Singapore. end up in, in in Japan? Because that's obviously so much the uh this is the birthplace of aquascaping. This is uh in, in no place on earth is it as prevalent <laughs> as it is in Japan. Um so what was that yeah sort of transition from Singapore to, to Japan and the influences like for you? Yeah,
1: I got into it while I was in Singapore a little bit. Uh, but then when I came to Japan it became like more eye opening, like wow, I, I have to do aquascaping full on if I'm in sure. Japan. Right. And the well first of all, I'm uh I think many people might like may be confused as to why I was in Singapore and then came to Japan. Uh so maybe I should clear that up a bit. Sure. So I'm I'm half Japanese. My my mom is Japanese. Uh, my father is actually Colombian. Um, but he grew up in New York, America. Uh, but my mom works in Singapore. So as a child, I grew up in Singapore from when I was I think 2, two to 20. Uh, I was in Singapore. And when I reached 20, uh, there's, it's an I was holding this thing called a Dependence Pass, and I couldn't... There's an age limit for that. You can only keep that up to 20 years old. Um, And if you want to stay in Singapore longer, you'd have to maybe further your education, get a student visa or student pass, or find a place to work in Singapore. And I don't know, I was also doing YouTube at that time, and like YouTube's not considered kind of a job and you can't really get like a proper pass to live in Singapore for that. Right. So I decided to come to Japan and um, yeah, because I'm born in Japan, I have a Japanese uh, passport. I'm able to live here. We also have a house here. So that's kind of why I moved back to Japan.
0: Okay. That's cool. Yeah, definitely. So moving back to Japan, And being into aquariums, some path towards getting into the aquascaping side was inevitable, it sounds like.
1: Uh, The very first um, fish store was an aquascaping-focused fish store. And there's so
0: many in Japan. I mean, that's uh, something that, I mean, clearly one can build practically a whole YouTube channel around. Just going to the so many different uh aquascaping shops around Japan, um, it's just so so intense there. I mean, it's just really uh unbelievable the number of stores. Do you do you have any good sense of the total number of stores there? Is that like a known number? Um,
1: um I I don't personally know it, but I think if you look at the ADA uh, distributor's list in Japan it's a huge list of yeah. fish stores that carry ADA products and then of course there are more stores that don't carry ADA products so it's it's a pretty large number i'm guessing yeah i
0: remember back back when i was a distributor which was you know a long time ago <laughs> but um when i was a us distributor i remember seeing that list and it was well into the hundreds at that point Um, And I imagine it's only grown uh, since then. I caught a video uh, just recently of a shop you visited, uh, Tall Man.
1: Yes, Tall Man.
0: Very impressive store. Um, I mean, unbelievable to someone, you know, in in the U.S. market, we just... Aquascaping is still, in terms of the fish store setting, is still really... I don't want to say struggling, but, you know, it's just nowhere near as prevalent. The reef tank is much bigger here. Um and so to okay. see a store to see a store like Tallman, I was just yeah, I actually immediately forwarded to my to my brother and I'm, you know, because we're just astounded. Now um it looked as if all the aquariums there that they were selling their fish out of were yes aquascaped and aquascaped pretty nicely if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah. Quite quite nicely. You've got a mix of nature-style aquascapes and then the diorama-style and, yeah, all the fish in there. The plants, I'm not sure if the plants are for sale. Maybe if you're a good customer and you know them well, maybe they can get you a few clippings. But um, I think those tanks are mainly to sell fish. Do you have
0: any good sense of, in a store like that, if there is... um is there multiple people doing the layouts in those tanks or is that kind of the work of one person or I'm just real curious what that looks like because as someone who's worked in and owned a tropical fish store for a very long time, the idea of that level of, of actual scaping in tanks that you're selling fish out of just blew my mind. Um, and I just, I'm sort of curious if you had any sense from, uh, you know, from a staff standpoint, is that someone there that's just very passionate, that's doing all the layouts in there? Or Do you have any sense of what that looks like?
1: Um, I I might have a little bit because I've seen some of their live streams before. But the owner the owner of Tallman is uh, really, really passionate. You can just see it from his live streams and um, the way he talks to his audience, the way he sets his tanks up. He is... He's super passionate about fish keeping and you can see to how he, the level that he brought his store at, you've got to have passion to be able to do that. And the store before Abs- yeah, absolutely. where he's in now was, it's kind of similar, but just a really compact version of that store now. So, um, okay. and I think most of the tanks are being, I don't know if it's most, but. Quite a number of tanks are being scaped by the owner, and then he also has staff that will set up some tanks as well. So I think they all work together, but I think the the owner might be doing most of it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. But I'm not definitely. Sure. A it pa- could be the staff as well because the owner uh, goes out and does a lot of client tanks around really? Japan.
0: Okay. Okay. This is, this is a very busy shop owner, I can assure you, because <laughs> I, I have a pretty firm sense of what's involved in just the maintenance in the store. And then if he's also doing client tanks, um, that's that's extraordinary for sure. So the store carries salt water, also.
1: Yes. And if you watch the video, you might see like a blue light shimmering from one side of the, the, the picture, the video. And that's a whole section of saltwater tanks and saltwater fish, and they have an incredible saltwater section as well. But wow, maybe one okay. I go back, I can get a video of that. Yeah. So. No.
0: Have you ever kept any saltwater yourself?
1: No, not yet. Yeah, but I would like to. I do have a saltwater light. Um, do, you, do you know the light that Jihiros made? The Nova, yes. the Nova, or something? Yeah. yeah. Uh, they sent me one of that to try out. So,
0: oh, awesome!
1: I, I'd like to set up a uh, small, like little, maybe I don't know if nano tank. I, I'm not sure, but something simple with maybe two clownfish would be something I'd like to try someday.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, you know, the saltwater side is something that I mean, we you know have done it. I've done it for a, a very long time. Um. And it's an area of sort of unexplored compositional possibility in my view. In other words, it hasn't yeah. really ever gotten the that same sort of treatment that the freshwater aquarium. I mean, thanks to mostly Mr. Amano's influence and then everything that happened after that, of course. Um, but if I do see some more progressive kind of, let's just say, scaping in marine tanks... Um, It often is from uh, Japan. And I know there's a pretty passionate uh, scene and uh, the the hobby is the Marine side of the hobby is definitely pretty big over there from what I understand. Um, Are you, are you seeing more kind of scape oriented Marine tanks when you do go into the stores there, or is it still kind of the, you know, it's more like coral collecting and, uh, you know, there's a rock stack with coral added to it, or or, or do you feel like you uh-huh. see some composition out there?
1: Well, to be honest, <laughs> I don't go out looking for saltwater tanks, so I, sure. I can't really see much, but when I do see them, I don't know. I, I haven't seen anything that really, like, like blows my mind, like makes me say, wow, this is incredible. I I don't know. It still seems like the... The stuff you usually see like stacking stones yeah so i'm I'm not sure
0: yeah no it's that's it's just an something I'm always personally interested in if there's yeah. any movements on that side of
1: things um in... next time I'll definitely take a closer look when I visit the stars yeah but no it's, I do it's... I did still like the stacking and the the current style I think is pretty nice as well.
0: Oh, sure. And there's tons it, it, you can do with it. Yeah.
1: Cool to see, and, like,
0: where it'll move. Right, right. And there's always plenty of nice marine tanks out there that, you know, if they're healthy and, you know, the corals are growing well and the and the fish are healthy, you know, that's a stunning aquarium right there. But um, yeah. there's something, and I, I don't know if it's just a personal sort of mission, uh, you know, where I've just always wanted to try and bring more of that compositional element that makes, you know, freshwater planted tank aquascaping so, so special and something that just has that, that unique effect. And I've always wondered, you know, is it possible to translate that over to the marine tank? Um, I don't know if you're aware, but many years ago, even in the, in the, Na- in the nature aquarium gallery, it's there were several, one, right? yeah. There were, he, he, he tried it and, um, I would say this was kind of maybe early 2000s to maybe, well, I went there the first time in 2006 and there was still marine tanks in the gallery. Um, Okay. Yeah. One of the, one of the big, the big wide ones that has an overflow uh, yeah, what was a marine tank? I don't know if that's ever been I, replaced or not. I, but
1: I haven't seen it in in person, but on a picture, I've seen it. Right. Yes. I was pretty shocked when I saw it the first time. I was like, "How? how? I didn't even know Ada did saltwater tanks." Right. Back then. Yeah. If you pretty go back far
0: enough, um, did, were you ever? Did you ever see Aqua Journal magazine when it was? Kind of a a larger format. They they reduce the size of it. The format. States.
1: Yeah, yeah I, yeah. I have some actually. Yeah, sitting
0: around yes. somewhere. Yeah, so I I being obviously a, a massive ADA fanboy for a long time. I you know, I have a huge collection. I've issue I've uh, issue one through um, I don't know somewhere about 2013. I I have every single issue. And so there is That's some scattered, his- uh, yeah, there's some scattered marine content in there. There was yeah. even a time, uh, there was two ep- two issues uh, back-to-back um, that had something called Nature Marine Debut. And uh, they were, it was really Mr. Amano attempting to bring like Iwagumi-style stone placement, um, and taking you know as much of a nature aquarium sort of approach to a marine tank, I think as he could, and I have to be honest, they just were not good. I mean, they just were it was really Whoa. uh obviously the stove placement w- was was on point, but over- the Whoa. overall execution was uh was not great, and uh it was something after those two issues i i you know I never saw it touched again. Um, and so, yeah, it's just an interesting side note that, uh, he tried it. And then, you know, there's a quote some years later where he says, um, that I can win with fresh water, you know, but the Marine side was just something that he just eluded him in some kind of way, but, um, just some interesting history.
1: You know what kind of rock he was using for the salt water.
0: Um, I don't. I, it, it Now it makes me want to revisit those, dig up those issues and, and look again. And I remember studying it pretty closely at the time. And that was definitely, you know, white, kind of a white porous looking sort of stone. Some, something like uh, would be used now or something similar to now so much of it is uh, just man-made rock uh, for the reef tanks. That's much more common than actual live rock, but So it was more of, it was a stone that he was placing things on. It wasn't the traditional uh, live rock, which back then there wasn't, I don't think we even really had the man-made rocks. And now they do the treatments and they, you know, even add the purple color like the coral and algae and stuff to them. Um, So, yeah, I'll, I'll actually see if I can find those. I think it'd be interesting to, you know, during this part of the podcast, just to edit it, edit it into the video uh, part of it, just to show people what I'm referring to there. Um, and yeah, anytime I've sparkles. shown my 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 reef tank friends, they they're very disappointed because they're thinking, "Oh wow, Amano did reef tanks! Oh my gosh, I got to see this!" And then when you when you show them, they're like, "Oh, <laughs> that's that's just not good." Which and it's actually hard to say anything Mr. Amano did was you know not amazing because. Everything yep. else was, but um, but that certainly was something that he you know he tapped out on pretty early on. Ada did continue to make um, a a rimless uh, overflow tank. They did a ninety and a one hundred and twenty centimeter for some years that had a glass overflow in the corner, very 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 nice. Um, I don't think anyone's done anything like it since. But um, anyway, just a little. Uh, side trip there, there to the marine side of things, but um, yeah. yeah, maybe you'll go into some of the stores with a little different calibrated eye, looking for some of this stuff now. Um, yeah, next time. I'm, I'm yeah.
1: always uh, kind of what's the word when I when I go into a fish store, I always see the blue light on the reef side, and when I walk in just a little bit, kind of it is kind of like too strong for my eyes and I, I tend to walk away from it, you know. I and maybe I agree. if I have some of those lenses, orange lenses, I'll <laughs> feel more thing. comfortable to walk.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, that might be a good idea, seriously. Um no, that is part of it. It's definitely, you know, it's a whole different aesthetic. And once you have coral in there, then you need to have some emphasis on that on that blue spectrum. Um have you seen much activity yeah. Uh, over there with the macro algae style, like the macro algae scaping in marine tanks.
1: Um, not, not, not really.
0: Not too much. Sure.
1: I, again, again, I can't say much because I don't, I, I don't go out looking for that. But I, right. I have seen some for sale, and stuff, but I haven't yeah. seen like very amazing displays of it.
0: Sure. Yeah. No, that's still a real new thing, obviously, and that's still still getting traction out yeah. there. Um I'm
1: seeing on Instagram now people doing the macroalgae scapes. Right. Pretty cool.
0: Pretty cool. There's some pretty interesting things you could do. I think that that style will probably continue to evolve. And um, you know, I'm just I'm always just fascinated. Maybe it's just my own uh sort of love for japanese aesthetics and just the way that the culture approaches things like aquariums and plants and um all of that you know that's uh i so anytime something comes around that looks like a new style i'm always sort of just curious how it's being interpreted over there but um i i would say now that i mean it's it's pretty hard to go into a store in Anywhere in Japan, I mean, if they're selling freshwater fish, the aquascape planted tank is definitely uh, very, very prevalent there. I would imagine it's just commonplace in a fish store to have some selection of hardscape and kind of aquascaping focused plants. This sort of thing. Do, do you ever go into a store anymore that really doesn't have that 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 stuff and is kind of Deadline. a what we would almost think of kind of a throwback fish store?
1: Uh, no, I think most, even the, the fish stores that used to be that way only sell tropical fish and stuff. I think they're also <laughs> slowly started adding that uh, plants and maybe little displays for their fish stores. Um, but... If you go to like a rice fish focused store, Medaka store, or goldfish store, then you won't see any of that.
0: Okay, so you you probably have still
1: those.
0: I was gonna say you probably have more focused stores, like a store selling just goldfish, or yeah, there's stores that sell just rice fish there.
1: Yes, and there are breeders as well that set up their own stores breed rice fish and sell them only rice fish wow many different
0: very interesting I guess it's popular enough there to support that in in some kind of way obviously yeah
1: and some people are also doing it just as a like a side hustle thing just for fun Uh, one of the places I went to it's not too far away he only comes on Saturdays and Sundays just to sell his rice fish. And then on the weekdays, he has his own personal job.
0: Okay. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, have you ever done a, have you ever been to the Nature Aquarium Gallery and done a full video? I, I didn't, maybe I didn't look through your channel enough to see that.
1: Well, Mark, I haven't okay. done
0: that yet, but I really, really want to. Sure. Is that something, will they, have you ever talked to him about doing that before?
1: Uh, I mean, are they cool? Are yet, they cool with it? But I'm I'm not too sure, but I I don't I don't know I can't really say much. But when I when I used to work at um this store called Aqua Review, uh, I know the it's store. yeah, uh, you might be following them on Instagram, but they're an yeah. ADA distributing ADA focused fish store and. I shouldn't say fish aquascape store. Sure. But when I work there I asked them if maybe one day I could do a video at the Nature Aquarium Gallery. And they said it should be no problem because you know ADA it's like um helping promote ADA as well. Sure. To get more people looking. People wanting to start. Um maybe more people wanting to visit. So I don't know. Um there might be a chance that ADA says no. It used to be no recording allowed, I think. I'm not sure if it's the same right now, but yeah, yeah we'll have You to would see.
0: think in these times, you know, that it would be totally acceptable and seen as, you know, obvious marketing and that that sort of, like yeah. something, a good, a, a positive exposure for them. I mean, you've got a great well, channel and uh, a good subscriber base and all that, you know, so I don't know. I feel like they would probably go for it. Have Have you, have you been there before? At all,
1: no, no, that happened. Really? Um, okay. Oh, I came. I came to Japan. I came back to Japan in 2019, in the middle okay. of 2019. Oh, well, maybe closer to the end of 2019. Okay, right, and right. Then, yeah, I came back. I got my driver's license. So I was quite busy for a few months, and and then I visited Tokyo to do a few fish store tours. I uh, came back went to Singapore as well to meet my mom and yeah went back and forth and then in early in 2020 um when the the virus outbreak happened sure uh ADA closed down so right. they've been closed down since so even now they're still closed to the to public
0: oh okay so not 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 doing yeah. the the usual thing i think it was more like on weekends and stuff they would be open um yeah Public-wise, but they they've stayed closed since the pandemic. Okay, yeah. makes sense. Well, now I understand why you haven't been there. Um, just bad yeah, timing, un- unfortunately. And of course,
1: once or twice. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, have you been to the uh, at the ADA laboratory kind of setup they have there? I believe in Ginza.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, that one too. I I had the chance to go there, but I didn't. Uh, okay. I was just in Tokyo a few a few weeks ago, maybe two months ago, I think, and I had the chance, but I was only there for two days. The first day, uh, I went to meet my mom because she was um, in Tokyo from a trip, trip, uh, work trip kind of. So I met my mom the first day. Then the second day, um, I wanted to leave early because I didn't want to spend too much time in Tokyo it's so busy and crowded there and sure. I had the choice of going to the Ginza Lab or Sumida Aquarium and I thought oh, okay. okay if I'm going to take a video probably the Sumida Aquarium will be better and it's quieter so I decided to go to Sumida Aquarium yes yeah, so I'll have That's, a video coming out that, about that
0: yeah the Sumida is, is Sumida s- stunning I, mean, right. I saw it years and years ago, but um, it was. I can only imagine that it's every bit as as great now as it was then. Did didn't you? Didn't you do a? I think I saw a video with you and and uh, Stephen Chong, right? Did not you and Stephen do a? But, where uh, were you guys for that? Was that Sumedia that you guys went to, or was that that no, was was that another?
1: That was an exhibition that ADA was doing running. Um, That was at the Tokyo. Yeah, one of these
0: ones where they just right,
1: right, more temporary. One or two months, yeah. And then they had another ADA lab in Osaka just a few weeks ago, but that one also was like less than a month, I think. So ADA, I think they're trying to yeah reach more people by doing little pop up exhibitions or yeah stuff like that. Right. Which I think is good
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, it's, it's, it really shows, um, the, not just the product, but just, you know, the, the, the whole execution and that level of presentation is so, it's so unique and so well done. I mean, to me, it's, um, it's just something that's, it's in line with my whole vision for sort of aquariums in general, you know, it really elevates the whole notion of what, what, what this stuff can be, you know, what aquariums can be and just, you know, uh, the, the, the product treatment and even the, just the, the packaging and the attention to detail and everything is, um, is just really fantastic. Um, I do imagine um, that there's a, a pretty heavy amount these days, you know, when you go into the typical aquascaping focus shop, You've got quite a bit of choices there in terms of uh, product lines. You know, it's not just maybe ADA and one other, but it's um, is in your experience it's become pretty. I don't know if saturated is the is the right word, but there's a lot of choices. But my the and the point I'm I'm driving at and sort of just curious your impressions is uh, most of the products that you see are. Direct copies of ADA products. I mean, do do are you? I guess my question is, how much unique product do you see in the aquascaping world versus just things that have been literally copied from ADA? Because we have a we have a lot less selection here in the U.S. I'm I'm kind of curious what it's like there.
1: Um. Yeah, I, I think ADA is like the. The brains, you know, they come up with all the cool stuff. Yeah. And yeah, I haven't seen any other brands, the Japanese brands, even like come up with something really fascinating. Right. Right.
0: It is often just copied, really. They're just a different, a less expensive version of the ADA product. So. Even in your market, that's kind of your takeaway overall, you'd say.
1: Yeah, and also you'd see um, if you go to a fish store, maybe you have an ADA corner, and then you have uh, another brand, say, like Jex. I I don't know if that's... E-E-X is another popular brand here. Uh, Then you have Kotobuki, and then other brands as well. And, yeah, ADA, you'll see the quality is much better quality, um, the materials, the the stainless steel, the the feeling of the tools, the the way the pin sets work, the softness, um, yeah, I've tried other brands as well, ADA, and the price here, I can't say the same for other countries because, um, ADA is a Japanese brand, so the prices here, it's not that crazy expensive that what most people think of it to be. Compared to the other brands we have. Yeah, so if you're thinking about getting a tool or something, what you're looking at is a small uh, difference in price. And you pay a little bit more for better products. So yeah. Yeah. In other countries, it can be quite expensive.
0: Yes, yes, I know. (laughs) Being a distributor for almost 10 years, um, and this, it's, I mean, I'm a massive, massive, massive fan and supporter of ADA in every way and I just, I keep them on a pedestal at all times. However, I will say that you make an interesting point about the price and it's something I think a lot of, um, at least the the audience outside of, of Japan would, would certainly uh, sort of, you know, there's a sense of, of it being overpriced and, you know, over the years there was all kinds of references to you know, just Mr. Mono, just, I don't even know, you know, taking advantage or snake oil salesman or, you know, you know, the price being higher than it needed to be all this kind of stuff. And so, um, I can tell you exactly, you know, and you, I'm, I'm so glad that you kind of confirmed that, uh, even though I already knew it, it's good to hear it reinforced. And the situation is just that, you know, fundamentally ADA has one price for things and they sell to the stores in Japan for that price. And as a distributor, if you want to buy it at that price, or if you want to buy it at all, you're paying the same as a Japanese retail store does. So um, clearly it can be in the Japanese market at a, like you say, it's the premium line. It would you know, If there's a good, better, best, it's best. But uh, in the rest of the world, it it's a case where obviously you have the transport costs, customs and duties and taxes and storage and everything else and then you're going to ship it either to the end user via you know selling it online or you're shipping it to a store and presumably trying to make a little profit then there's transport costs then the store is going to sell it to the end user presumably for a little profit and um obviously passing through that many channels it's you know the price becomes uh just just too high you know and yeah. so my theory was always that ada is so uh they they're so prevalent in the japanese market they're in hundreds of stores hundreds and hundreds and um are are probably rather i don't know i don't know a better word to choose than maybe just com- comfortable not not in a complacent way but you know there's not a it almost struck me like it was sort of a headache to export the products maybe um yeah, and yeah. so they said well if you want to buy them we'll sell them to you but we're just going to sell them at our at our one price and um you'll just have to if that's how, if you want to buy it that way here you go but they're not really that invested in the international market in that sense that that's just my takeaway from seeing the price in japan even when i was a distributor in the united states i traveled to japan and seeing the prices there was like wow this is um this is rather affordable here you know or they're selling it for about what i'm trying to sell it to a shop for etc you see you see, start to see the whole the whole yeah. situation there so um yeah i find it interesting that it's actually not it's not outrageous you don't go oh my gosh this is just you know it's not like buying a you know some sort of luxury automobile or something like that, you know? Um, so yeah, just an interesting sort of side note. I don't know if it's the sort of thing people are generally interested in or not, but, um, outside of Japan, there's definitely a notion of it being overpriced. And I would just say it's not overpriced. It's just that's what it's going to end up costing based on what they sell it for, which is a, a, I think a very fair price. I think the price ADA charges for the quality of the products and the innovation. I mean, sometimes you got to wonder what it's like to be copied that much, too. I mean, yeah. when you say lily pipe or any of the, so many things, right? They've all come yeah. from ADA exclusively.
1: I remember the first um, few videos that ADA uploaded of like how to use lily pipe and how to clean it and the, the pollen glass beetle, the CO2 diffuser. I remember, I think they'd put like a. This this is the original product or something like that on the screen, so that people don't like um, get get something else that's not original. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah that's and they've tried putting the different um, certificates and different things inside the product packaging. I'm sure you've seen that too. That just denote it as such. Um, it's it's got to be an interesting situation for them to look out at the industry and the re- just the you know the the retail landscape and the hardware and everything and see so many things that have been uh, just you know d- directly copied. You know, I mean, all of it. You know, even even down to the rimless tank. I think we forget that there 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 was not a rimless tank in a market before. Um, that is another exclusively Mr. Amano invention.
1: Oh, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. As I, so I firmly remember before, you know, before ADA or just, you know, being in, around aquariums my entire life, which has been been several de- decades now, <laughs> you know, it's, um, there was no, there was just no such thing. It was almost on really, I, I don't know that anyone else could have even imagined it really, you know, but, um, but so when you... It looks like in a typical Japanese uh, store, there's a real emphasis on hardscape availability. Um, And you see these fantastic collections. I mean, Hallman was really next level uh, in terms of the amount of hardscape, right? Uh, From the standpoint of being an aquascaper in Japan, let's just say, uh, do you feel it's still... Uh, is it a challenge? Is it, are, are you able to kind of get a vision in your head for a, for a layout and pretty much go out and find what you need to execute that vision? Um, would you say the resources are really built around that or is it might one still be jumping from store to store to store looking for the things that they, that they need?
1: Um, I think it also depends on the area you live in Japan. There are some areas, uh, that don't have any fish stores around them. Um, like if you live in the countryside. So you have to travel far, uh, to different fish stores, or maybe you have to search in the wild, which I know people in America do as well. I want to try doing that, collecting driftwood from the wild, um, but yeah I think fish stores most fish stores have the the drift, the materials that you'd need um if not, you can bounce around fish door to fish door, but yeah, what's the question <laughs> um it's more yeah whether... just
0: just yeah, it's just about resources availability, I suppose, and just uh yeah I think th- the sense that you can have access to the materials to kind of execute on an idea that you have versus I think a, a more common approach in the U, in the U S anyway, is that you, uh, you make the scape based on the influence of the, of what you're able to find. See what I'm saying? So instead of having I'll... an idea of, I want to make this kind of scape, we're often looking to get inspired by the piece itself, you know, the piece of yeah. wood or the, the some see. character of the stone, this kind of thing versus, uh, I consider it sort of a luxury to be able to go out and have an idea in my head and have a pretty clear sense that I could, you know, source out those materials to, in some kind of way, fulfill that idea. You know, I see guys yeah. and it's funny, I was just about to say, Steven, Stephen Chong. Yeah. Um, but. I think, ironically, some of Stephen's scapes, he's imported materials or he, he got he got some yeah. driftwoods and stones and he, from Tom Barr in the United States and this kind yeah, of thing. And that's so, why
1: I was kind of confused with the question just now because yeah. if, you, if you want to create like a nature-style aquarium, like what ADA does, you can do that from visiting like almost any fish store. Because sure. Uh, you have all those, like, natural branchy wood, the ADA horn wood, you have branch wood. Uh, now they have this slim wood and... And then other brands are also releasing their own wood lineup. Um, so you have a lot of that type of driftwood. But... and rocks as well. You have the whole ADA lineup of the serious stone and the, uh... Lava rock, Sansui, unzan stone. So, you have all of that, um... But if you want to go and create something like a diorama, like Stephen Chong or, uh, say, a top aquascaping work where you stack stones and do driftwood, like well, unconventional, little nature, not nature style, right? Sure. Then that you'd have to kind of outsource maybe, find your own uh, materials because that's... Like, even me for... My contest tank that I'm trying to work on this year, I I can't find the materials that I'm looking for. And I was thinking about, um, bringing back materials from Singapore because they have, uh, different structures. Um, I'm looking for flat pieces this year and in Japan, I couldn't really find flat pieces, but luckily the other day I went to a tropical fish store, um, that Actually, a tropical fish store that doesn't do aquascaping at all. But they just had some wood in the corner. Um, flat pieces of driftwood that are more for plecos. They have some plecos, so they use those driftwood for plecos. And I asked them how much was a big box of it. They said around, uh, $70. U.S. Yeah, for U.S. around $70 and maybe $60. But the big box you have maybe, um... 15 pieces of those nice flat driftwood and yeah so I was able to get some of that back but I think those are kind of harder to come by if you want to do a diorama scape but for nature style it's pretty easy to get your materials.
0: Okay yeah that that speaks to the heart of the question there just in terms of yeah. it, it's it's interesting to note that you know because we have the impression that it's just sort of boundless you know and Like no matter you could just go into any store and there's all of this material and if there's not if they don't have it at the first store well you'll just go a few miles to the next one you know whereas for many yeah. of us in the u s the gap between two stores that have great hardscape selection for example could be quite vast you know it might, you might need to get on an airplane to get to the next Born. to the next shop that has good stuff so um it's kind of an just an interesting uh, sort of sense of the availability of that stuff there. Um, I believe that ADA is no longer offering, at least the U.S. distributor has said so, uh, the Manton Stone. Do you yes. have any... Have you...
1: In Japan as well, there's no no more Manton Stone, ah, which is so sad. sad because I that's love that. That's <laughs> heartbreaking. And I only have a bit of it, and I want some more. So I can yes. build Scape. Yeah.
0: They really love that one too. I mean, it was, I'm like, oh boy, that's, I mean, I'm pretty sure they have a sizable stash of it themselves there at ADA, but it begs the question if they don't, if they're, because they were really the sole supplier of that one. I mean, we, we deal with multiple sources for hardscape. Um, you know, we just received a, a 40 foot container of Hardscape, and we have entirely too much hardscape. But um, that's want,
1: one I've. Some all over. Right, yeah, yeah,
0: right, right. Yeah, we have to work something out. But um, uh, that one is manton stone is one I've, I've never really seen any anywhere else. I haven't even any seen anything that, you know, a lot there's of the a... stones have mul- Yeah, the, I'm sure you see this around that there'll be when you say seru stone, for example. There's, yeah, there's multiple. Types that are slightly different. Some are have more of a blackish color. Some, you know, there's a range of stones. Sometimes called seriu. now they're given other names. But if you couldn't find the exact seriu you could probably find something similar to kind of fulfill your idea. But manton stone is a very unique one. Um, are there? Do you still see some stashes of it around stores there, or has it been ball uh, bought up at this point?
1: Yeah, some some of the not so uh popular stores like um maybe in the countryside or something you might see a few left uh but even if you take a look at them they're not like the really amazing ones with all right. the character and yeah you'll find like that they look like box like a square or right yeah they don't have all the nice lines so yeah and all the good ones get taken of course
0: sure and probably long ago. And, you know, yeah, I guess now that I guess the source of it you know, must have run out of their, their resource or whoever they got it from, which is um, I can assure you it's a it's a highly guarded secret. <laughs> At ADA you would never they would never disclose these things. I yeah. thought it was interesting that um, uh, my favorite stone of all, I Manton Stone, may, it's definitely number two. It could sometimes compete for number one, but my my favorite stone of all time is a Hakai stone. We,
1: we, we. Hakai stone, yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. I, I love it.
1: Called...
0: Yeah, and it, it. Am I correct in saying? I mean, that's that come that's ex, sort of exclusively found in Japan. If I'm, I know there is a isn't there a mount? There's Mount Hakai.
1: Yeah, and then which the is river. like a, okay, yeah, and that's river pretty that much that.
0: where that comes from. Yeah. So it's not I, something that ha, that shows up in other areas really. I mean, that's going to be a pretty unique collection point, I imagine.
1: I think so, but yeah, I I don't think um you're allowed to go and collect it there. Right. Uh yeah, I'm I'm not entirely sure. Um so do you, you see
0: know. a lot of it around the stores there these days or is that something no. There's, that one
1: one. Store, there's one store that recently opened up, I think, a year or two ago that sells a lot of Hakai Stone. And he has it outlined, huge ones, outside of his shop, just sitting there. And I don't know where he got it. Um, It might have been a collection of his that he's slowly selling off. I'm not sure, but I know he's a huge ADA fan and he's got some of the rare items and some of the... Uh, stuff you you don't even see like he had an ADA chair as chair that has the ADA logo and I I never even seen one of those but
0: was it the old the old logo or the new one
1: the old one
0: yeah I remember that I remember those chairs actually um yeah I remember wanting one really badly (laughs) trying to talk Mr. Mono into giving me one and it was uh they didn't have any more or something something like that some sort of you know I got some sort of no, you're not getting a chair kind of wow. answer from them. But um, yeah, no, that wow. is really cool. Can I show you um,
1: here? Sure. Yeah. Nice. That's the kind of chairs, like yep. a folding tool, I think.
0: Yeah. And so,
1: and, and, know, and I, aqua chair.
0: <laughs> nice. Yeah. I think there was um, maybe speakers or something that played nature sounds or something like this that was oh, yeah. part of the chair. Yeah. Which wouldn't be that big of a deal today, you know, would be be a Bluetooth and all this. But back, back when that came, when that was out, that was, um, that was very sort of innovative. You know, that was that was not something that was sort of common, yeah. Um, in in the marketplace, you know, it's just very interesting. I saw that but, for um, the
1: first time the other day, and I was thinking, like, why would they come up with a chair with these weird attachments on it? Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's all
0: I... stuff that would show up in aqua journals um, over the years. And I even would take some issues sometimes and have them translated. Um, I would pay to have them, to, you know, obviously to have them translated into English or certain articles I might be curious about or whatever. I mean, I was just burning. I was just dying to know yeah. what sort of, and, and unfortunately often the the articles were, not always especially in-depth in in like an informative kind of way. You know, it was more... I discovered very quickly that it was more sort of the philosophy of aquascaping, and it was more principles than it was actual sort of hard information or data, you know. Um, But, uh, yeah, Mr. Mono, I think he was just trying all kinds of things like that, you know, just to try to create kind of an uh, more of a lifestyle around Nature Aquarium, I think was yeah. was was definitely the goal. Um, it's interesting though. You say that the Hakai Stone is not. It's not super common around the shops there. Um, no,
1: I, I, I don't know of any stores with uh, Hakai Stone. Aqua Review has some, but he's uh, it's he he has some small ones, but that's his own personal collection. Right. Right
0: and so yeah. yeah i remember going the the going to to nature aquarium gallery and seeing there's a long there was a long row of them they were outside i mean it was yeah uh you know several meters long and it was a long row of every stop every size and everything else and the the story i was told at the time was that um that mr mono was allowed one time to collect stones from there and i i don't know how they went in and did it or like because it's a heavy, dense stone. I mean, that would be, would require some manpower to move the stones from the river to all the way to ADA Gallery. I I never got the story of how that happened, but he was sort of allowed to do it one time and one time only, was the story anyway. And that, uh, so whatever he had was all that he was ever going to have, and, and henceforth it was going to be very precious. Um... But now, uh, and it's the point I was going to bring up, the supplier that we just got a shipment from, this is the second shipment where they have this selling Hakai Stone um, by the pallet. And now the quality of most of it is not what we want, you know, with the nice holds and those features, though it's in there. I mean, so in a whole pallet, maybe one-third of it is going to be the nice pieces with the character and everything but it is definitely I mean there's no it's not a similar stone or something like that I mean they they market it as hakai and it's um, there's definitely very authentic pieces in there Um, I'm wondering if the Japanese stores maybe don't do this uh, importing of materials as commonly
1: yeah I, I don't think they do okay yeah, not to my knowledge, but...
0: Yeah, because yeah. if there's a stone I never thought I would see available commercially, it's the Hakai Stone. Yeah, um,
1: when when I saw your Instagram post, I was kind of uh, shocked, like, that you, you're able to get that Hakai Stone, so... Yeah. I'm a bit jealous here. Yeah,
0: well, again, a lot of it is not the best character for aquascaping or in the traditional sense of the stone, and uh, this yeah. is the... This is the third shipment that we've gotten where we've had it in there. And of course, our first act is to strip the pallet down and to mine it for all the best pieces <laughs> that I've got yeah. stashed aside, right. you know, in the, in the personal collection. But, um, just cause it's just one of those, you know, it's just a very special yeah. sort cool. of stone.
1: It's full of the rock. It's so
0: unique. Yeah. Especially when it, yeah. when you first get it, when you first spray it with some water, you know, before you've when you're just planting the tank, it has just a, just a real depth to it. You know, it just makes me think of, it just feels like, uh, like Japan to me somehow, you know? So, uh, now I feel bad. I, I have a whole palette of it and it's hard to actually get in Japan. You know, there's something wrong with this picture, but, uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Clearly the col- it's coming from.
0: yeah I'm so I, I didn't know if maybe you had any sense of that from like people in shops with information or anything. What? Yeah.
1: But I I did see a video of um uh a, a Japanese YouTuber who went to the river, a uh, Hakkai River, or whatever it's called And Yeah. There was one amazing piece of Hakkai stone, but then around it were it, it kind of looked to be different rocks or maybe the same kind of rocks but without the holes in it. So, I'm not I, sure.
0: That's a lot of what we get. It's very it's more smooth. And it looks like a more on, traditional uh, river stones.
1: The place where it comes from could be that way where one rock is really beautiful and then many are just regular round pebbles or something.
0: From the few pictures I've seen, that's kind of the case. Um, that could be some interesting content yeah. as well, maybe to go out to the... Yeah. go Go in search of the... Lord, uh, it, the elusive Hakai stone in the in in the wild, you know, in its natural habitat. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a super geek for this rock, as you can tell. So maybe maybe yeah, it
1: would. I, I love hardscape in uh, in general. All yeah. kinds. All's oh, wood.
0: Yeah. Do you have any opinion about uh, the kind of the hardscape only style, like we the hardscape, but when we don't plant it, like like I do a yeah. lot of.
1: Yeah, I heard you talking about this in your um podcast with uh is it, I don't want to make a mistake isn't it Ryan? Ryan Chen. CMK oh, first.
0: Uh, Mark. Yeah, Mark Chen. Oh, 10. Mark Mark Chen, yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I heard you, Yeah, um I I personally think it's um pretty nice. I I like the hardscape only scape. Um is that anything uh, you
0: see around being done in stores there really or any kind kind of movement around
1: that Uh, not really when I see a hardscape only tank um, I see like java ferns attached and there's always some green in it I think you call it greening right I do (laughs) yeah yeah. It hasn't um, really
0: caught on. I'm the only one calling it this thing yet. But, or people know about it now from me saying it, but um I'm just trying to to denote that I guess as a style. That's all. You know, I'm really trying to yeah. say okay, if we don't there's no soil, um and we're just using epiphytes, you know, this that become if you take away the soil, there's you know just a lessening of certain variables and you know it's an, a little easier to control. Aquarium, I think the soil contributes some positive things to the water chemistry, obviously, but um, it it also can contribute some challenges. Um, yeah. I thought it was uh, pretty cool that, of course, they didn't call it greening, but um, that ADA in the last product catalog, um, they have a a layout in there that is no soil, just uses the Colorado sand, and it's predominantly bulbitis. Um, I know that.
1: I know that. Yeah, It's is like kind of strong driftwood, right?
0: Yes, yes, yes.
1: Yeah, um, I, I like.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, and I, for me, it was just a confirmation that it's you know it's indeed a thing to not use soil and uh, in in their case, they didn't so much do this, but you know, a lot of times I promote this for for customers and for. Kind of for newbies and stuff to put a real emphasis on the hardscape, where the wow factor and the impact comes from your hardscape, and then you're just going to add the green to that. Um, and if you don't have soil, then you don't really you don't need CO two as much to have I think a really nice uh, aquascape. You know because all the most of the epiphytes are going to do really just fine without it. Um, but if you go ahead and add CO two, then you can do something you know pretty amazing i mean if you look at a lot of the uh top contest tanks these days uh there's there's an emphasis on things growing on the hardscape you know in yeah. some kind of way so that's a def-
1: the hardscape and then you place all the little bits of plants right
0: system. right and yeah. i'm sure you notice this where there's almost not a lot of space left for plants sometimes in the hardscape. And, and I can yeah. see, you can see sometimes, and I've been there where you're looking at it going, well, okay, this hardscape is amazing, but where am I going to plant around here? You know, what where am I going to, I've almost run out of room for planting. And so they end up covering it with moss or Ricardia yeah. moss or uh, yeah, this kind of that's thing.
1: That's the big thing now. moss. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I guess because it's, you know, the hardscape is where the new, that's the new wow factor, I suppose, yeah. which um, gives me an ongoing appreciation for the, what the guys in the ADA gallery do, which still is more of a nod to the, you know, the, the plants and the interplay with the hardscape is still yeah. the nature aquarium thing. Um I don't know if an ADA, if a modern ADA tank, I'm curious your opinion, could um could could win a contest, actually. What what uh you know guys like Yusuki Homa are doing, et cetera, you know, is could they don't dare enter the contests, I guess, you know, for I'm sure a bunch of political reasons, but um it's just an interesting thing. I'm curious your opinion of that, you know, about how that style is so Effective yet, how would it how would it rank in a modern in a modern contest setting?
1: Yeah, um, I don't. Right now, I don't think a, a style like that could win or could get in the top ten. I'm I'm not sure, but uh, in in 2018, there was that unusual case um, yep. of. Handa-san winning yep. with the triangular composition nature style that kind of resembled Takashi Amano's work. Oh, yeah. Which I, I thought was... I love that style. I love all the colors, and I think it's still one of my favorite styles, yeah. aquascapes, the nature style. Um, it, it's just different. You know, you get stem plants of all different colors, and it's so peaceful to look at. But with the aquascape contest now as you mentioned, it's all hardscape focus. Um, and I think that's what the judges like. So, I'm not sure. Maybe unless you change the judges, you, we won't see, um, nature style winning the contest, the competitions. Yeah. But, yeah, I remember that, you know, that... um, ADA. Yeah. You know, ADA runs their own little contest where the, the, um, only, only the creators will escape the tanks and then enter their own little ADA contest of like three or five people, however many enter, and then they do their own little judging things. So I think in one of the oh. Apple journals, in the yeah, if you go to the very last page, you'll see like they they have their own little contest going on. So it's kind just of just like nice, in house, yeah, in house contest.
0: Oh, okay, very interesting. Or. I think they used to do that over the years. Um, the funny thing was I remember it being done with like staff members that didn't, you know, they were like somebody up in the business office and stuff. It was the non scape, you know, and it wasn't the guys that worked down in the gallery. Of course, Mr. Mono did all the scapes back then, but, yeah. um, they would have a contest from just, you know, the o- other employees at, at ADA would try and, uh, do aquascaping. But, um, That's cool. That's interesting that they they do a little in-house thing. You know, it's a cool camaraderie that they have there too. I mean, it's very, very noticeable in the videos. Um, I've always thought that that might be kind of a uniquely um, sort of a, a culture of the brand in some kind of way, but maybe speaking to a kind of broader Japanese culture that they're able to work together in that kind of way. Like the idea of, Multiple people working on one layout is uh, so just fascinating to me because I maybe because I've only ever really worked alone on it, and I think most hobbyists are are doing you know they're doing everything. They obviously, uh, obviously, they're not in a gallery setting doing it as a business. But you know, you get my point. It's it's associated with being kind of a solo or independent sort of activity. But yeah. when you see Uh, there's the creator, but then there's two, three, four other individuals assisting and helping with the stone placement and everything. Um, it's really a cool way. Is that, is that kind of a uniquely ADA thing you think, or do some of the stores work in this kind of way or, um, do, do you, do you ever see that kind of collective effort on scapes around Japan?
1: No, 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 no. I think yeah.
0: it's only... Yeah. It's something yeah. they've sort of perfected. like, there's a, there's a hierarchy there. You see it in the videos, you know, where, uh, the creator is sort of giving the instructions and, you know, they're oh a little more to the left or, you know, they're moving the down, then he's a little involved doing it himself. Then he steps back and, um, yeah always quite a, a crew preparing the plants too, you know, which yes. anybody that's done, you know, larger than a 60 centimeter layout, just plant prep can be a whole afternoon <laughs> to itself, Whoa. you know, uh, can you imagine having just trays of perfectly prepared plants of whatever species you were planning for this, uh, layout to be brought to you, you know, ready to go, um, Sounds, sounds pretty incredible. It's good to know that all of Japan is not working in this way, though. It's, just, it's, it's, it's Yeah. It's,
1: uh, <laughs> uh, there are little parts of um, that going on. Uh, like, when I was in at Aqua Review for the one year I was working there, we did reset a few tanks, and, yeah, uh, so the owner of the shop, his wife, and then I was there assisting. Uh, so when we... Say we did a, like a three foot tank reset, uh, the owner would do all the scaping. He's like the creator. He will scape the tank, design it, and then put the soil in. And then the plant preparation, his wife will do, and I'll help out with the plant preparation. We had the styrofoam. We place the plants in a nice order. And then he'll plant a bit, and maybe if he gets tired, he'll say, "Okay, you plant the rest, and I'll plant the rest." But yeah, I guess there is a little bit of that organization factor, um, teamwork, maybe. Sure.
0: Yeah. No, it's it's yeah. it's a cool thing to watch how they do it there. You know, um, is there still a pretty good sense of um, sort of a ongoing admiration or? respect for the for the overall ADA influence in aquascaping or has it kind of evolved into you know now there's it's a global phenomenon and there's many brands and that sort of thing do you do you do you still see some sense of that again that that admiration for their contribution or has that maybe become a little more watered down over the years?
1: I think most people still love ADA they respect ADA highly uh and I really like that you are so from the first time I I watched your um videos I I was kind of amazed and I really like you for it um being so ADA supportive and there are many people out there who don't like ADA and because of the overpricedness and it's um you know, like so yeah, I don't I don't know what to say. I, I love the brand. I love ADA. I, I don't want to um always keep promoting it on my channel as well because I know not everyone can get the products, um and even like I I'm not an ADA collector. There are many ADA collectors here, so that also will tell you more about the, the brand, but Um, yeah, if I could, if I had like all the money in the world, I'd probably go and collect ADA stuff, but for me, I get the tools necessary, the tools that I use regularly, um, because I feel the quality is the best and, uh, for the price point, I think it's well worth, um, the money we spend. And I know many people in Japan think the same way about ADA, um, so... Yeah, I think most people still really respect the brand. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think you know, for me, it's just I wouldn't... My, the entirety of my my career, my business, you know, everything is so thoroughly influenced by Mr. Amano and by just the the level of excellence of, of the ADA brand that... um you know, it's hard for me not. To, and so just getting to speak with you uh, today, somebody who's in Japan in the, in the you know, going around the stores, seeing what's out there in the uh, Japanese market, um, it's just cool. It's been a really cool conversation and um, it's just a, just a real kick for me to get to kind of get those insights. It's been some years since I've been there. Um and so just to just to hear uh and to watch your videos too on your channel and see uh what the pulse is there in the scene around Japan because again like i say that's the that's the uh that's the the origins that's the that's the place from which it all came you know and of course it's you know it's evolved and there's so many yeah. other styles and approaches and philosophies but um it's still just a very important to me uh, thing to me personally. and something too, you know I might emphasize it more so also because there's so many new people coming in all the time now uh, without the you know access to information on YouTube, social media, etc, that I think it's just a good reminder that you know the the of where it comes from and a little bit of the history because I think more and more we're in a time when the unless somebody makes a video, that's an actual documentary of the history nobody knows the history they jump straight in yeah. to the uh putting down the soil and laying out the rocks and and then woods and and putting in the plants and um i just i think there's there's value in the in the history and i think it's uh it's just it's special that you're there in the japanese market in in the homeland of aquascaping um and it's just really 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 cool but um
1: yeah. Anyway. Well I, I I don't know a whole ton of it as I'm still uh, only been in Japan for a few years and haven't sure. been able to explore the gallery, but yeah, I hope to learn more about it and and I wanna thank you as well for um reminding us about the history, about ADA and I remember when you talked about the um, CO two, how Takashi Amano added uh, was it like sparkling water beer or something? <laughs> yes. Perrier water.
0: Yeah.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. So many, many people don't I, know. I've they don't
0: realize of, the contributions.
1: Yeah. I've heard of that before. And then when you said it again, um, it kind of sparked a memory like, Oh yeah, that's, that's where it all began. So.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. Well, Rio, it's been a great conversation. I really appreciate your time and, um, great stories, great insights. Um, I'll definitely be following you on the channel. Um, Always look forward to your videos, especially as a shop owner too. Um, I encourage all store owners, uh, if you're seeing this podcast and and you don't know, uh, your channel will definitely have the links in the description on YouTube and in everywhere we post the podcast. uh, Because I think especially as a Uh, A store owner, maybe less so in the European market, but in the U.S. market for sure, uh, seeing what the scene is there in Japan and how they cater to the uh, planted tank side, you know, beyond even just aquascaping. But, you know, the entirety of like freshwater planted uh, style that it's uh, it's very useful and I think it's a great resource and um, I'm really glad that you do it. So thank you very much for that. Thank you. That, uh, yeah, Yeah.
1: I enjoy doing it. I hope I can do more fish door tours because I know, uh, the audience, people like to see that. And that's kind of one of the first reasons why I started making YouTube videos, because I wanted to see more of uh, fish door tours and fish room tours. Those were my two favorite kinds of videos. So yeah, I decided maybe I could show more of what I had around me. Yeah,
0: for sure. Well, great. We'll keep it up. Thanks so much for the conversation today, Rio. And Thank you. I look forward to talking to you again soon.
1: Yes, we'll do. Okay. Hope to okay. visit your store as well someday.
0: Please do. Please do. Please, we can... Let us know, actually, if you're ever um, available or looking at that kind of trip. Um, I'm sure we could... We, we would be happy to work with you or assist you in some kind of way. Uh, so we can talk about that uh, at a later date. But seriously, if you're ever interested, uh, it would be an honor. It would be really cool. It'd just be very cool to have you come do one of your store tour videos at ADG. Um, yeah, because I think
1: we... you ha- you've got one of the best aquascaping, aqua design stores in the U.S. Maybe well, maybe around you. the world. You know, I, I really like your designs. Thanks Especially, so much. Like, behind you, the wood sticking out. Um, Really amazing.
0: Appreciate that so much. So, yeah, let's. I'm going to hold you to it. Let's talk about that because I, I will yep. help you. I and will assist in, with the resources to get to the United States.
1: Thank you. And if you ever plan to visit Japan again, definitely I do. Yeah, contact me. I'll be happy For sure. to For sure. show you around places.
0: Awesome. Well, Rio, thanks so much. And um, we'll be talking again soon.
1: All right. Thank you. Okay. All right. Take care. You.